What did Tarzan see when he found his screwdriver? Hi guys, welcome to another edition of the Winery Shuffle Best 11 uh, with me, Stephen Rayleigh. Um, today we have um, a bit of a cracker for you guys. We've got a current Scotland international, um, an ICT legend, and in my opinion, probably the best footballing talent that's come out of the Highlands. Uh, Ryan Christie, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. Good man. So, I've done a couple of these uh, before, Ryan, and you've appeared in a couple of them. Um, so... Standard best players you've played with. Um, you can name subs, you can name yourself if you choose. Most boys haven't, but I think you've got eight to be on our best level if you want. But let's kick off with the uh, your, your formation. What formation are we going with? I'm going with a 4-3-3. I'm just going to get my notes up that I took down earlier. Uh, yeah, I'm going 4-3-3 um, and I'm not going to play myself. Um, yeah, okay. And, and watch it all come together. Um, but yeah, I've put in a bit of thought and tried to add a bit of everyone from the teams I've been at. So uh, I fancy my team to, to go and win something. Well, you, you're going to say you've got, got a plethora of players to choose from. You've obviously Burness, Aberdeen, Celtic and Scotland, obviously. So let's let's kick off with the man between the sticks. Who's, who's your goalkeeper? Uh, it's Fraser Foster. Um who I've actually not played for, you know, I've only played for him for, for one season, but, um, you know, just in that season alone, some of the, the, the saves he's pulled off while I've been on the park have been absolutely ridiculous. And mm. um, I think especially the season just passed, there are, are kind of European games, some of the saves he's come up with against the likes of Lazio and teams like this. Um, and then obviously the, the other unbelievable game in the, the League Cup final as well against Rangers. So, um, yeah, I think he's an incredible goalkeeper. I obviously see it. The fans see it on a Saturday. I see it kind of every day in training as well. And he's just um, so um, kind of demanding. And um, obviously, when I was a Celtic fan, when he was at Celtic the first time, I loved watching him. But um, now it's even nicer to kind of play with him. And um, I've, he's the only keeper I've ever had where when I when we concede a penalty, I actually fancy him to save it every time, which I've never had before. Yeah. Um, you have a chance of keeping him next season. Are you hopefully it'll uh, stay on next season, Celtic. Yeah, I think the club are. I mean, I've, I I probably know as much as you, but the club are. I would imagine they're planning to try and get something um, sorted. Um, I think it's all a bit strange right now, obviously with the English league still going. So yep. I think he's still got to report back to Southampton for a wee bit before anything can happen. But yeah, I'm sure it's definitely something the club will be desperate to do. No, good good keeper to kick off with. Then, so who's going to go across your back for them? Start with your right back. Right back is uh, Mika Lustig. Um, I played with him, well, you know, up until um, he left Celtic. And um, he's obviously a great player, um, kind of great leader. I know we've, um, you know, kind of got Scott Brown, who's always been the, the captain at Celtic. But, you know, whenever he came out, um, Mika would come in and um, just a brilliant guy to kind of come around the dressing room and, so funny, like so down to earth. And um, when you look at his kind of career and what he's achieved and the amount of games he's played internationally for Sweden and quite achieved at Celtic. Um, and for someone who, you know, you'd look at him and think you wouldn't, you don't really know what his best ability is. You know, he's not blistering pace or stuff like that, but 
Um, you know, what he brings to a team is incredible. And especially I found playing with him, he, he somehow manages to come up with goals from right back from, you know, in, in important times, which is an amazing trait to have, obviously, to have that in your team. So, um, yeah, he's my right back. He's always solid. Lustig, he's got to score big goals, old firm goals for Celtic and stuff. And he always, for me as an outsider, he always seemed like a sort of seven and a half, eight, about ten every week. You know, you could sort of hang your hat on him to have a good performance. Yeah, yeah. And even when we came across, you know, when, we, when we're playing really good teams with, with, you know, maybe a pacey winger that we're worried about, he always had confidence in me kicking and tying him up and not managing to let him have an influence in the game, um, which is a credit to him. Mm-hmm. Solid right back. Okay, who's on the um, left-hand side of the back four? Uh, Graham Shinney. I'm going to play him as a left-back. Uh, so I'm going to take him. Obviously, I played with him at Aberdeen, and he was me and him could have played centre-mid together. But I'm going to take him at left-back at his time for Inverness. Um, I think at that time, he was the best left-back in the country, I would say, um, when he was playing for Inverness. And obviously, thoroughly deserved his, his move to, to Aberdeen. And... Um, obviously his, his positioning has gone a bit different after that he kind of moved into centre mid and obviously did amazing and I understand why he did it because how, how good his overall game is he can just kind of adapt into that and um, I think he's done the same down in Derby but um, yeah I think he was that, that year um, the kind of 2015 year with Inverness he was, he was absolutely incredible left back and um, Probably the first, I mean, John Hughes kind of loved him and he, he suited our kind of um, philosophy of football down to the ground. But just when that kind of um, ideal of, of fullback coming into the game who could really take an attacking, um, attacking side to the game, uh, he fitted right into that mould and uh, also one of the fittest players I've ever played with as well. And what I think it's funny is fans, I think when, I think Shinny, you, you've seen this at clubs, you'll have seen it as well, is, Sometimes when they sign a pre-contract with another club, the form dips a little bit. I think when Shinny announced he was going to Aberdeen, his, his game even elevated for those last yeah. three or four months before the cup final and probably the best left-back in the country at that time in that season. So good choice at left-back. Um, but two full-backs. So your first centre-half for your back four? My first centre-half is um, back to Inverness days is Gary Warren. Um just for a bit of everything, I think he's he's a leader again. I think he's he will be the first person to kind of um, you know if the game's a bit um, getting a bit kind of competitive and heated, um, he'll be the the one to kind of protect you and lay down a marker. I remember every time when I was a young boy coming through and I, if I got clattered, he was always the first one on the scene to sort out whoever did it to me. So uh, and an amazing guy as well. I'm sure you'll you'll know he's um, just one of the nicest genuine guys I've ever come across in football and I remember the other podcast I did with you and I was um, saying about everyone at Inverness you know was so desperate to help me when I was coming through and he was one of those guys in terms of always coming up to me and asking if you know he he wanted me if I wanted him to, to come to the gym with him that afternoon so he could show me stuff to do and mm-hmm. always showing me different ways to improve in the gym and off the park um, and then, yeah, the, in terms of the actual the football side of things, I mean, like I said, massive leader, wins his hedge and stuff. But I don't think Gaz got enough credit for how well he developed as an actual football player under under Yogi. Um, the the way he kind of started passing the ball out from the back and showed actually that he's got a really good understanding of the game, especially when he was, you know, it's um, kind of he was towards the later stage of his career when sometimes people have this opinion that you know you hit a certain age and 
you, you can't really teach an old dog new tricks kind of thing, but um, you kind of put that, put that aside. No, I agree. I think he's a throw, well, he was a throwback defender, and I think he adapted his game. You're right, but under John Hughes, I think he learned to play the ball out a lot more, as, as, as we all did as a team back then. But I always think he left a year too soon, Ryan. I, don't, I mean, you, you, you were away by then, but um, I still think he had a year, and I don't think he wanted to leave. And yeah, I agree. One of the best centre half pairings we've ever had when him and Beacons were on, on top form. I think they were, they were top draw together. Yeah, so who, who, who goes alongside Gary in the, the back two? Uh, Dedrick Bayata. Um, yeah. I'm putting him in. Uh, I had a few. I had a few I could have stuck in. I think from the kind of centre half we've had at Celtic. But um, for me, the, his last season at Celtic, the one where I just kind of started playing a bit and breaking into the team, um, I thought was that was kind of his his best season in a Celtic jersey and. Uh, just again, another centre half for you, or another defender, I should say, where you could just, no matter who he was up against, you knew he was going to get the, the better of them. Um, obviously very strong and stuff, but especially for a centre half, he was so quick and sharp, um, which you don't really um, you know, tag that to centre half. So um, you saw kind of off the pitch how he did that, because again, like a complete professional, he was always in the gym. And I mean, I remember maybe the first couple of years into my Celtic, um, after moving to Celtic, he wasn't playing as much, and yet he was in the gym kind of every day and stretching and training as much as he can. Where, um, you know, a lot of people can go the other way and just, you know, be the first one home all of a sudden. Um, so yeah, when he eventually did break into the team um, and had that amazing season, I, you know, obviously I, I realised how you know it doesn't just it's not just luck or it doesn't just come to people. You know, he he's worked hard for it, and um, and now it's obviously nice to see him do so well over in the, the Bundesliga as well. Yeah, who's he's at Hertha for Berlin now, isn't he? Yeah, over in the Bundesliga. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, he's playing week in, week out for them, which is uh, no mean feat. So it's good to yeah. see him. So good, good, well, solid back four. I mean, take that any day. So we're midfield. Are we going one centre midfield or two wingers? Are we playing it more narrow? Yeah, we're going a holding and then two kind of eights. Right, okay. So you're, who's your first holding? Well, you're only holding midfielder. Who's, who's, who's the next? Uh, Scott Brown for me, I'm going to have to say, my captain. Um, there was a few contenders for that, uh, but I just don't think anyone can get past. Uh, could have beaten him to that spot. I think he's um, certainly the best captain I've ever kind of played under. Um, he gets, you know, he gets some amount of stick for the, uh, this, you know, the kind of persona he has and and being the kind of bad guy of Scottish football, but. Um, you know, off the pitch, an absolute gem of a guy. And you know, as soon as I moved to Celtic, couldn't do more to, to help me. And um, you know, always the first one if the boys are down after a, a poor result in the changing room, first one to kind of say something. And, and nine times out of ten, whatever he says is is right, and what everyone needs to hear. Um, it's a very kind of um, specific skill to have that, and it, it comes around not too often. Um, and then, especially the way he trains. I mean, he, you know, he just. He refers to himself as a dog and just getting the ball back, and he's kind of a bit harsh on himself because he's he's up there in the top oh, three. Oh yeah, he can play football. He's a good player. Very yeah, good. he's fantastic. And even in training, I mean, again, the thing in football is I, you know, I play with all these balls, boys every day, so I get to see them in training. Whereas a lot of fans just see them on a Saturday, and um, he's the top three trainer every day, every day, no matter what we do. So that just goes to show why he's had such a successful career. Um, and obviously to do it again, the kind of consistency levels he shows to do it so long, 
over an extended period of time. Um, the amount of times people have kind of tried to write him off through when he's been injured or, or otherwise. Um, and he just keeps coming back stronger and stronger. Even at the age he's at now, it doesn't seem to, to be any stopping him, which is, which is a scary thing. Well, I think as opposing fans, we, all, we all, I mean, as a Scotland fan, you love you love Scott Brown when he played for you. When he played against us, you, you, everyone hates him as opposing fans do, but everyone would have a Scott Brown on their team. He's, he's a fantastic player. He's he's one of these guys that looks as if he's got better as age goes on. I think when, when Brendan came into Celtic, it gave him a new lease of life. I think under Ronnie Riley, was maybe fading away a little bit. There was rumours he was going to go to, I think it was like a show or something they were talking about, him maybe moving over there. But the last sort of three, four seasons, he's been phenomenal and... Uh, yeah, great, great pick in the middle there, mate. So, who's gonna who's gonna be the first number eight to go alongside Bruni? Uh, the first one is Stuart Armstrong, who oh, he's he's got a little bit. I mean, he's, he's a good pal, so um, I thought I couldn't leave him out. But to be fair to him, he's uh, he's a very good player as well, and a player I've I've loved. I kind of love playing with or training with. Um, I think we're probably quite similar players in terms of. You know, like to kind of run forward, get forward from that kind of eight position, and um, kind of good engines on us, and like to try and score goals. Um, I think the, the kind of couple of seasons, his last couple of seasons at Celtic, he had, he was absolutely immense, and one of the best midfielders in the league at the time. And um, obviously now going down, and he's playing for Southampton, and you know yeah. it took well to kind of get in the team. I think it was a bit frustrated at first. Um, I obviously had a, f- a few phone calls, and I had to be the uh, the one just to listen to all, but. Uh, now he's in now, so there's no stopping him. And then he scored again at the weekend. So, uh, yeah, delighted for him. And uh, obviously a good pal, but yeah, a very good player as well. And who, who would win the battle for the shampoo between Stuart and Scott now? Because Scott's got a nice new haircut. So, and also Armstrong's got a great lacrosse. So, who'd win the battle for the shampoo? <laughs> That's a good question. That is one thing to tell you what. Stuart Armstrong's hair... Routine. Should have been a Twitter account or some Instagram account for Stuart Armstrong's here, surely. Else. Uh, he'll tell everyone, he'll tell all the press he does as well, that he doesn't touch it, just straight out of bed. But yeah. I've shared with him away. He's my roomie away in Scotland camps and uh, there's no, there's not much sink space left after all his uh, products are out. Brilliant. And then who's the next number eight of that, of that trio? Uh, John McGinn, I'm going to put in. Um I've not obviously played with him that much just through just because of Scotland, but um, I've played against him throughout my whole kind of youth coming up when he was at St Mirren. And when I was at Inverness, he was at St Mirren. And then he was kind of Hibs. I played against him a couple of times. And, um, and then obviously train him and play with him a few times in Scotland. I've just loved playing with him each time. Um, the Kazakhstan game was, was good. San Marino, the Cyprus game. Um, mm-hmm. Just one of these players I've, I've loved kind of having in my in my team. Um, I think he's a real kind of honest worker. Another guy who probably doesn't give himself enough credit. He just kind of tells everyone that he's just a worker and runs about trying to get the ball. But um, very very skilled kind of on the ball and uses his body so well. One of the strongest guys I've ever come up against. You can't get the it, ball. It looks it looks small stature, but it looks like he's, he's very wide and built. He's he's one of these players. I think Ryan. I think I don't know if you agree. He's, he's probably. I wouldn't say he's went beyond his potential, but he's one of these guys that looked all right at St. Marin and then he went to Hibs and that gave him a new lease of life. But to see what he's done at Aston Villa is like, I mean, I didn't see him going that far. He's, he's a phenomenal player. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice to see kind of um, boys, like I said, that I've played with or played against all the way through 
kind of get that move down to, to England and then do so well, you know, when the, the kind of pressure's on a bit and everyone's looking at them to see if they can handle it down there. And, you know, he's kind of landed on his feet, definitely. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he moves on again from Villa because he's um, he's that kind of player that, that suits, I think, the English game. He's so powerful and strong and scores goals as well and scores important goals. So, um, yeah, he's the, he's the third man in midfield. That's, that's a great three. So, go at the front three. Are we doing... Are we doing just one through the middle and then some wide players, or? Yeah, I've got uh, two wingers and a, a big number nine. Right, so lead the ninth then. So who's the, who's the first in the right-hand side of the wing up front? The right is Jamesy Forrest. Kevin. Uh, I was thinking for a while who to put in there, and I completely forgot all about him. And, and then uh, as soon as he kind of came into my head, I don't think anyone could beat him. Um, I think Jamesy's probably... The most, I think he's the most underrated Scottish player to, to maybe ever place. I think when, when he eventually retires, people look back on him and realise how, how good a player he was. Agreed, um, yeah. Because some of the stuff, I mean, again, I keep saying it, but obviously I see it in training as well. And um, He's so fast and his understanding of the game and his finishing. And, um, like I've, I've, never seen him, I've never seen him smash a ball ever. <laughs> he just seems to side foot everything into the bottom corner. Um, and the amount of goals he scores and assists as well, um, his his consistency levels are frightening. For the amount of years he's he's done it at Celtic um, and come through and just keep producing every season, um, especially when other players have kind of come in to you know give him that bit of competition, he just ups his game again. Um, he's been so there. Yeah. Well, he'll be, he'll be, if you if you guys get ten next season, he's played in every season, hasn't he? Of the ten in a row, yeah. and he yeah. looks about twenty one, twenty two. He's one of these guys that's. I know. Forever and I agree. I think I think it's maybe a compliment to James Forrest that I think people take him for granted. They assume he's going to turn up, put a performance in, and that's a given. And I think you're right. I think once people look back, he'll, he'll be remembered as one of Celtic's greats because he's, he's been there for that long now. Yeah, yeah. He's a yeah, superb player in terms of what he brings to a team. And even sometimes when he's not having his best game. Mm-hmm. He'll still pop up with a goal when you need it, or or an assist. Or, you know, all he needs is a wee jink, and um, yeah, to have that kind of um, player in your team is vital, I think. Brilliant. And then on the left hand side of the front three, who we got? This was a tough one. Uh, I had a few contenders, and I went for Marley Watkins. Um, don't know if he would say it's his favourite position out wide left, but. Um, Again, back to that kind of Inverness season I had. Mm-hmm. Um, Phenomenal that year, wasn't he? He was on fire. Yeah. yeah, he was one of our best players by a mile that year. And um, just in terms of what he brings, he's so powerful, like such a good runner, um, kind of scores goals. Um, not not the, uh, the brightest bulb in the box, I don't think. I've got some funny stories about him. I remember Marley. Uh, you must have a night out story, Ryan Shuler. I've heard a couple, but there must be a good night out story with Marlowe Watkins. No, I don't have a night out one for you, but I've got a funny one where uh, he... I don't even know if this was true or if boys were just winding me up, but I've, I've believed it's true ever since I've heard it. I think it was Danny Williams that told me. But uh, you know where the, the stadium is at Inverness and the A9 that yeah. comes off the roundabout? Mm-hmm. You can come off to go to the retail park. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently for the first he lived up in inches so obviously you just had to drive straight up the A9 that he would he'd get to the roundabout go onto the A9 come off 
the A9 to go to head towards retail park, just to go around the roundabout and come back on the A9, thinking it was like a completely different road. Until, <laughs> until eventually somebody, you give somebody a lift home and they went, Marley, what are you doing? And for a whole month, he'd be covered off like the bypass just to come back on it. He's, that sums it up in one story. He's going to do a best 11 soon, actually. So um, we'll see if you make that one. But yeah, I'll, uh, I'll bring it up to him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was, he was a brilliant player when he was at Inverness. And uh, yeah, so powerful, scored so many goals. Um, and give, I mean, you know, Van Dyke was at Celtic at, at that time when we played him in probably the hardest person Van Dyke was coming up against in the league at that time, which is a credit to Marley. No, I agree. I think I think when he first signed, he was injured, wasn't he, for a while? Because it took a little while for him to yeah. sort of come into the team. I think it was maybe about six months and then, yeah, he was just on fire and stuff. And again, made a good career, went to Norwich and he's at, he's at Bristol City now, isn't he? So he's... Yeah. Oh, he was at Barnsley, sorry, no, not Norwich, went to Barnsley and then Bristol Aye. City. So made a good career for himself and he's still playing at a high level. So, yeah, good, good left-hand side. And then who's the main man through the middle? Who's the number nine? Oh, I had a few thought about like from here. Yeah, I thought about Adam Rooney when I was at Aberdeen, but uh, I'm going to go with French Eddie Edward up front. Um, no, Carmel Kink, no, no, who Carmel Kink? No, he's not been the best eleven yet. Though I'm waiting for Carmel Kink to be thrown in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so French Eddie through the middle, yeah. Yeah, that's who I'm going with. Um, <laughs> Just for, I mean, I also thought about Moussa Dembele as well, but I didn't really actually share the field with them that much. Yeah. Um, and I just think Eddie's, I mean, I love, I love playing with him, um, but, you know, what he brings, I mean, he scores goals, obviously, and he's, he's got fantastic feet, but the other side of his game that nobody seems to mention is, like, how strong he is and how well he holds the ball up. And for the amount of times, I mean, we just play one up front most of the time. Um and for 90 minutes, he'll constantly just um, take care of both centre-halves and, and hold them both off and bring everyone else into play. Um, just a f- fantastic kind of person to have in your team. It's it looks really different though, Ryan. I mean, you, you, you play with him every week, but when you watch him, I'm not going to say he doesn't look interested, but it just looks like he does it easily. He doesn't have to think about what he's doing. It just comes naturally to him. And Yeah, he has amazing ability to just like flick a switch and just turn on his abilities. Yeah. I think I wish I had that. I need to train it like I need to train 100% every day to make sure I'm okay on a Saturday. But as he strolls on the training pitch, kicks a few balls in the top corner, walks off, and then scores a hat trick on the weekend. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's all right for some, I suppose. But yeah, he's, I think that's the other thing as well in terms of for how young he is, his, his mental strength is frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, the game against Copenhagen for us, Copenhagen, where he, he dinked the penalty. Um, obviously it didn't go the way we wanted but even, even that I was, I was suspended that game in the stand and I'm guessing I must have been more nervous watching than he was he just kind of strolled up and dinked it down the middle I think it's just like the ultimate coolness to have on the, on the pitch so um, yeah he scored some massive goals and he's already kind of etched his name into Celtic history but I'm sure he's got a few more for the club as well uh, again, you hope you keep him next season as well. I know there's been interest, but I mean, he's, he's the main man at Celtic, so. Yeah, well, that's it. As soon as somebody scores 25 goals for you up front, then you're going to be, you know, you've got to try your very best to hold on to him. But, you know, the, the club know how important he is, so I'm sure they'll be doing everything they can. No, exactly. It's a call from you, you, want, you want teams to be looking at your best players because they must be doing something right. If they weren't, then no one would be looking at them. So, 
That's a strong 11, mate. So let's we'll recap the first 11 and then we'll go at the people you probably pissed off that are probably off your um, your Christmas card list now. So in goal, Fraser Forster, back four, Amika Lustig, Graham Shirney, Gary Warren and Derek Boyata. And then we've got three in the midfield, Scott Brown, Stuart Armstrong and John McGinn with three up top, Edwards through the middle, Marley Watkins and Jane Forrest either side. And then you've got potentially five subs, Ryan. So who's... You don't, it doesn't have to be goalkeeper defender. You can just have five attackers if you want. You can pick who you want. Yeah, so. uh, I've got my subs down here as well. I think these were boys that just missed out when I was putting the 11 together. Uh, nicely, nicely put, yeah. Boys that didn't make your 11 that weren't good enough, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, my first one is Andy Robertson, who is probably the most successful guy out of the whole changing room, but um, just because... He's no Graham Shani, though. Come on. I don't think I can't not have a Japanese League winner in my, in my <laughs> kind of 16. So um, I only didn't put him in because I thought I, w- I wanted to fit Shani in somewhere. And, I've, you know, I've not played that much for him. I've only, I've only played with him a, a couple of times with Scotland. Hopefully I get to play with him a few more times. But, um, you know, he's un- unbelievable in, in training alone when you see this kind of crossing and his running ability. Um, I think that's well. We were talking with John McGinn before, Ryan. I think... Moving to England and stuff, Stuart Armstrong's done it right. I think it's picking the right club as well. I know Tierney's went to a top four team, a top five with Arsenal and stuff, but see sometimes going to a, a more mid-level team and giving them that platform because, I mean, Robertson went to Hull and, again, like John McGinn, I, I could never see Andy Robertson getting to the heights that he is now, but just shows you maybe get, picking the right team and getting, getting, getting the game time gives you that opportunity to, to bury yeah, himself. Yeah, he's just kind of taken off, isn't he? And he's... I mean, he's definitely now one of the best left, left backs in the world. You definitely yeah. put him up there. So, um, it's it's just amazing to even see like obviously when Liverpool went and won the Champions League and seeing the kind of Scottish boy up there as well. It's yeah. it's nice to see for everyone. So it was only about three or four years before he scored against Inverness at the um, Tannadice. I think you, you might be playing that game. He scored a peach for a left footer against us. Maybe your first season, I think. But yeah, a boy was playing at Queens Park in an empty Hamden's now playing for the. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's good to see. So who's who's warming the bench, Andy Robertson, in your team? Um, next, I put in Kenny McLean. I really enjoyed playing with him in my Aberdeen time. Um, I think Kenny's a brilliant player. He's lovely left foot on him, kind of powerful, brilliant strike. Reads the game very very well. Um, and again, just another guy. When I like I said, when I was at Aberdeen, loved 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 playing with him. Guy that kind of any run I made forward, I knew he was the one that would probably see the pass and try and play it. Um, and again, another another guy who's who's gone down to Norwich and, and done well. Obviously, hopefully they you know they managed to scrape a few results together and try and stay in the league. Um, for for him, that's what I'm hoping mostly, so he gets to stay in the Prem. But um, you know, even before in the Championship, he was he was quality for them. So um, yeah, he's he's the next one. Unlucky to miss out, but. Um, you know, the bench will do him. Another, another great left foot. Well, if rumours are to be true, and they're only rumours, you could be playing against him next season if the rumours are true, I've heard. So, yeah, yeah I mean, to have a word with him about that, actually. But, I said, uh, he is a fan of Rangers, wasn't he? That's his team. He was there as a kid, I think. He's a big Rangers fan. He, yeah. Uh, as soon as I came to Aberdeen, <laughs> it's the first thing he made sure that I knew. Uh, <laughs> a big blue nose. So, yeah. Uh, He's on yeah, the bench. Season could be a battle. That could be good to watch if, if that comes to fruition. Yeah. Uh, next one on the bench is Adam Rooney. 
I was going to, like I said, he was close to getting the number nine shout. Um, so you may be your number nine, but then you've got Edward in there, which is understandable. So, Yeah. I've got him um, on the bench. Love playing with him at Aberdeen. Um, and then I was kind of a young boy. You'd have saw him in Vernest, wouldn't you? You'd have been around yeah. the first team he was there. Yeah, just about. I was still very young, but I just caught him at the end. And, I mean, you could see him when I was watching the Inverness games. He, he had an eye for goal, but like, just when you, any, you know, kind of possession drills, he's just kind of there or thereabouts. He joins in, passing, and then we go into like a shooting drill, and it's just different level. Um, <laughs> I've never seen someone be able to finish like that. Um, and he's got an incredible knack for that and everyone talks about it in terms of it's something that's very hard to teach it seems to be you've either got it or you don't and everywhere he's gone in his career he scores goals which just shows that you know he's got that down to a fine art he uh, likes the Baileys doesn't he? yeah <laughs> loves the Baileys uh, <laughs> did I tell you that story last time I was on? no it's, it's, it's pretty, I, I, so I was a night out in Inverness years ago and uh, him and Johnny Hayes were out and um Loves a Baileys, um, and uh, apparently, according to other players, he that's all he drinks all night long is Baileys. So, yeah, well, I uh, it's a good story. I uh, went to Aberdeen, signed, uh, played a game on the Saturday, and the the Wednesday game was a night game against Kilmarnock, I think, uh, and we stayed overnight down down there from Aberdeen. The night before the game. I just got put in a room with him. I hadn't really, they hadn't really sorted out who my roomie was going to be. So it was just me and him. And, uh, and it was funny, he was just kind of getting the crack and stuff. Got to about mid- midnight and he uh, had a Bailey's order to the room for room service. <laughs> and, gave. and I was like, still kind of young, but maybe a bit naive and never heard of anything like that. You know, I, I kind of linked that back with, you know, footballers in the 80s and stuff like that. It's old school, yeah. Is that, is that true? And I've heard other players say that before every big game or every game, he'd have a Baileys at night time. Was that a constant thing you've seen or was it just a... Well, that was the only time I shared a room with him. So it was only... Oh, I, was, but <laughs> I remember the next day, like, I think it was Johnny Hayes I pulled aside or somebody else and just kind of like chatting about it and kind of just tried to be as casual as I could about it and kind of went, uh, rooms last night, you know, I think you got a Baileys to the room. Like, is that normal? And they were kind of like, yeah, yeah. And I went, like, how does he just kind of keep that under wraps? Or does he, like, pay the bill early in the morning or something? They're like, apparently the gaffer knew about it. I think he was like, oh, no, no, I think, what, like, I think Del McGinnis and uh, Doc, Tony Doc, the assistant, both knew about it. They're happy to facilitate if, he's, if you get him scored on the goal. So Brilliant. I think they would even pick it up the tap on him. Uh, but, yeah, like another great guy. Just uh, funny as anything. Some stupid humour that guy's got, but... Uh, yeah, I'm not to go score. Ah, it's great. I mean, I think, I think, wasn't your dad that said, I think it was Brewster that signed him for Everness. We paid like 50 grand from Stoke for him. And yeah. I, think most, I think most fans, the first season when he came, he was, and if he hears this podcast, he was shite the first year, right? And I think it was, it was us going down and maybe Johnny Hayes and players coming in that elevated um, Adam up because, I mean, we were all shite that season we got relegated. But um, yeah, when we first signed him, I thought he's hopeless and we paid 50 grand for him. And for a, for a team like Inverness playing 50 grand is yeah, massive. Well. But yeah, apparently Billy McKay. Billy McKay started off slow at Inverness, if you remember as well. And then yeah. it took the next season for him to come into the team and, and do well. But now nah, legend and yeah, loved him, loved playing for us. So that's, well, three strong ones. Three, three players that could make any first 11. Who's the fourth sub? Fourth sub is 
JMS, uh, another good pal, Gary McKay yeah. Stephen, um, and putting him into um, to hold up the fort for for the third old boys. Um, you can swim with that boy, isn't he? <laughs> great sort. Uh, I don't know if he's been in for a dip in the Hudson yet over in New York, but yeah, but give him time. Just get him on a night out, and he'll be in there soon, I think. Uh, yeah, another. Great guy, one of my good mates when I first moved down to Celtic, um, and just a, a really good player. I mean, I I remember uh, when I was really young. I mean, he was a lot. He's quite a few years older than me. Um, but when we, we used to play, we used to train. Sorry for Inverness through in the in Dingwall in the Highlands Football Academy, uh, and he was sometimes training with the county at that stage. I think it was before he went down to Liverpool. Um, uh, I remember, like he, you know, it was like he was the next big thing, and everyone was kind of talking about him. And oh, that's that's kind of that boy. And um, he's had a very kind of strange career. And I love one of the guys you could just sit and listen to the stories for ages. In terms of, I mean, he went down to Liverpool, and then he got a bad injury to his hip, and he ended up just going back to Thurso and, and chucking it for a bit. I think he worked in a bar for about a year. That's um, right. Right. Mm-hmm. He's been trying for a couple of games as well. I mean, we. One of the previous pod, Mark Rogers had them on his best eleven, and uh, I, I thought it was a myth. I, I don't know if you were around. You been, you might have been. Around, your dad might have been the manager at the time, but he played a, a pre-season game for Inverness. I don't know if you remember that. No. And he played at Clark, I think, as well, and he was hopeless. Apparently, he went off injured, and then we never picked him up. And uh, yeah, just he, I think after that he went down to Airdrie and lived with his yeah. sister in Edinburgh. So no. yeah, Inverness missed out on a player there. Yeah, he's. Uh... He's, he's a, funny, a funny man. Sometimes he just... Uh, I remember where he... I think for this is one of his first games for Dundee United. Um, and I think I obviously wasn't there, but Stu Armstrong was was in the team at the same time. And they played a game against... I don't know who it was. And I think it was Gaz, one of Gaz's first games. And it came in at half-time and they, they hadn't been playing well at all. And I think it was Peter Houston at the time was going through and hammering everyone. And he, he pointed to Gaz and was like, Gaz, what's wrong with you? He, he wanted to come off or something, and Gaz kind of went, no, 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 that's fine, it's fine. And right, okay. And then the manager kept talking, and two minutes later, Gaz put his hand up. And it was it, Gaz? He went, actually, I think I, yeah, I think I should come off. And it's like, that's just something that's just never happened in football. Like, no, no matter how bad you're playing, you never request to come off the pitch. And uh, that just sums it up. He's, he's too honest, maybe. Um, but I remember when I... I'd obviously signed back for Aberdeen and then heard the rumours that he was coming up to sign for Aberdeen. I was delighted because I just knew he was going to, you know, do well for Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the stuff he used to do in training, I know mean, he had a spell at Dundee United when he was on kind of the soft game. Every week, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But some of the skills he used to do in, in training, um, he's the only player I've also ever come across who's got his own skill. <laughs> so he, he used to call it the GMS shuffle. And, uh, oh. He Sorry. would do something with a, this ball, and I still to the day can't do it. Nobody else I've seen do it, but um, yeah, he's 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 got some incredible feet for a winger. And again, another player I'm buzzing to kind of see. I mean, he's he loves America. He holidays there every year, so I think when that opportunity came up, he was never going to turn it down. I used to play playing under Dial, isn't he? New York City now. So. Uh, I know, I know, small world. It's mad. No, exactly. Wait, so that's four. Who's the last guy that's propping up the bench? The last one is Patrick Roberts I went for. Um, yeah. I put him in just because I think, again, quite similar to Gaz, actually, in terms of um, 
amazing trickery and, and stuff like that. I remember when he first came up from City um, and me and him played in our reserves game. I was coming back from an injury for Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, and about 10 minutes in, he dinked the goalkeeper from about 20 yards and everyone straight away was thinking, I will get this guy's a player. Um, and then just kicked on from there. Um, you know, he was brilliant towards the end of um, Dyla's kind of stint and then kind of came in and did really well under Brendan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have him on. I think he's a good player to come on and affect the game if I need him to. It's very very biased towards the left footer, Sir Ryan, as a fellow lefty there. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I like a left footer. <laughs> Adam Bruni never had a left footer. I can tell you that for a fact. But, yeah, he's in there just for the righties, I think. But yeah. that's a strong bench. Um, Patrick Roberts, a player, is, is he still at... Is it Norwich now, is he? Or is it... No, he's out in low. He was in Middlesbrough, I think, the champ. Yeah, yeah. He was. He's had a few loan spells now. He went out to Spain and then did his hamstring. He's had a few hamstring problems. He's lost injuries, hasn't he? He's a player I was rated, but I think he's just been unlucky with injuries and stuff. Because he was... He was probably the Phil, Phil Foden at City back in the day, wasn't he? He was the next yeah, big yeah. guy that he paid a lot from... Was it Fulham, yeah. I think? So yeah. City. I, I thought he'd be the one that breaks through, but he's still young, though, so he's still got, still got time to... Yeah, sure. yeah. And I, he's, been a, he's been frustrated for him. He's he's, uh, he's one of these players that's too sharp for his own good. He sprints too quickly and does his hamstring every time. But exactly. Exactly. Yeah, hopefully he gets a run of game somewhere. Right, so that's, that's the bench. So you go through the first 11 again. So Foster, Lustig, Shinny, Warren, Boyata, Brown, Armstrong, McGinn, Edward, Watkins and Forrest. And then the bench again, Andy Robertson, Kenny McLean, Adam Rooney, Gary McKay, Stephen. Patrick Roberts. It's not bad, mate. That's. I think it's up there. You get potential. Potential is. Um, I, I could be a good football manager team for me. I'll have a look at that. Um, yeah. So. Else, it'll be a good Christmas night. I'm going to say uh, you've got a good, you've got a, few, a, good, a good few nights out there, definitely. So. You're back at Celtic now, training. I think you've been back for about a week now, Ryan. So um, good to be back. Um, we chat before we recorded. Obviously, it's all. It's small groups, isn't it? At the moment, individual training, twos and threes at the moment. Yeah. 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 Um, obviously, I think the, the government have put kind of a lot of restrictions and um, guidelines put in place for us to kind of follow. Um, which, to be fair, the club has been, you know, they've followed kind of down to a T. They've, they've done everything perfectly so far. Um, we've been getting tested twice a week now. Um, it's good. Obviously, everybody's come back, come back um, negative from those, which is good. And uh, yeah, we've been training kind of fours and fives. Um, we're not allowed to kind of enter the building or anything like that, and it's still non-contact training, so a lot, of, a lot of running, unfortunately. But um, you know, it's definitely better than nothing. Good to get out of the flat finally and kind of holding. And then, obviously, your, your old team in Vanes, uh were in the championship, which I think we all we all knew we'd be in there anyway. And some good news: I think we're almost signing a new contract, staying on. So, any thoughts on how we'll do this season? Um, any, I know we'll be keeping an eye out for the results, but hopefully, we'll get there. With, the boys pushing for promotion, please. Yeah, I hope so. Hope so. Um, you know, it's it's actually a bit frustrating how it all kind of finished, especially for Inverness in terms of, you know, they were in a very good position when this all all finished. Um, and I always kind of fancied them if it was, you know, to go through the playoffs. I fancied that was out of the, the three people in the the champ. I think Inverness had the highest chance to to go up. Um, so yeah, frustrating in that. But um, hopefully, I think the other thing that that might suit them is. You know, with this kind of whole COVID thing, I think it'll be it'll be hard for for teams in the championship to kind of throw money at getting back out, which might just kind of level the playing field a little bit. Um, you know, because I know Hearts will be coming back down, but 
even Dundee United this year, I heard, you know, through a, a small fortune at trying to get back into the Premier League. And it, there's always one or two teams that do that. And Inverness, obviously, have never had the, the facilities to, to, to have that or to do that, sorry. Um, but yeah, I think the way last season went, it's definitely the grounds to build on to, to go for a kind of promotion push. Brilliant. Well, listen, Ryan, have a, have a good summer. I know, I know it's start back, so no, no holidays for you this year, mate. I think we'll be back into it and European games will be around the corner. But yeah, thanks for coming on and uh, good luck for your, your 10 in a row push this season, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Cheers, mate. Yep, yep.